How little we know of others' lives, their passion, their loss, their courage. Enlightenment came that northern summer afternoon with that old suitcase, modest and unremarkable. It was only by chance that we even opened it, tired as we were, and ready to consign much of the paraphernalia to the rubbish bin. We were mesmerized at first by the photos, a young man in uniform, a young woman with a smile to break your heart. And then we saw the letters, dozens of them, unopened, the paper yellowed but the ink still clear and inviting. London, August Bank Holiday, 1939. It was an overcast day and humid, but the few drops of rain in the afternoon had not deterred the holidaymakers from thronging to the fair. Wynne, whose father ran the fairground, was in charge of the tea tent, a warm occupation on a summer afternoon, serving doughnuts to children already pink and sticky from encounters with candy floss. Daphne, her hair in pins under her scarf, in order to be glamorous for a night out at the ferry boat, had already taken time off to nip home and cook her hubby's dinner, and Wynne had covered for her. Now it was Wynne's turn for a break, so as soon as there was a lull in business, she left Daphne in charge and slipped out the back of the tent for a smoke. It would have been a bit cooler outside, the air full of the scents and sounds of a London summer afternoon. Warm rubber on tarmac from the distant traffic, warm bodies jostling on the moth-eaten grass, the screams from the helter-skelter and the big dipper, the pepper of shots from the rifle range, the roll-up, roll-up from across the ground at the coconut shy. Maybe Ronnie Smith, in shirt and braces, fingering the moustache he'd been trying to grow for a month, was helping the courting couples into the swing boats and hoping for a breeze to lift the girls' summer skirts. Wynne's friend Vi often teased her about the fairground boys. Wynne responded that they were a rough lot and she wouldn't dream of going out with them, but, nevertheless, she couldn't help enjoying the attention she received. She was, after all, a striking girl, a little vain of her curly dark hair and film star red nails, and no doubt she was aware that Ronnie would be watching out for her. But on this day, someone else was watching too. A tall young man in grey flannels was standing in the lee of the tent a few yards away. I'm sure Wynne smiled at him. She was never without a smile. Tall men attracted her. But this one, regarding her so gravely, looked maybe a bit too serious. She was about to go inside when he came towards her, long legs stepping awkwardly over the guy ropes. It was only a brief conversation. His name was Harold Brooks, and he worked in the post office. He'd seen her in the pub, but they hadn't been introduced. Vi had told him he'd find her here. He had appeared very intent and serious on that first meeting. Wynne was amused and couldn't help teasing him a little. He had kind grey eyes. She wanted to make him laugh. She was a girl who liked to take the Mickey. That's what she would call him, Mickey. As Wynne told it in later years, she was caught completely off guard by his reply. He said he would call her Mrs. Brooks. That evening in the pub, Daphne, her red curls carefully in place, was singing along with the piano. Eyes closed and a port and lemon in one hand, perhaps she was dreaming of the varnished hair and dark, liquid eyes of a Hollywood Valentino, and not of her old man propped at the bar with his cronies. Wynne would have had to push through the crowd to reach her friends. Doreen, sitting on Stan's knee, was in high spirits. Next Saturday was her wedding day. She wanted to hear from Wynne about the recent modelling job at Liberty's. 
Did they want a good-looking blonde with short legs? Nothing wrong with short legs, is there, Stan? Ask me after next Saturday. Full of beer and grins, Stan and his mates slapped each other and shouted. At the piano, Daphne was imagining herself in a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers film, when Vi told Wynne that the new lad from the post office had just come in. Did she know he'd been asking after her? A chorus of voices had joined Daphne's. It was a song that would grow in significance for Wynne and Mickey. The way you wear your hat, the way you sip your tea, the memory of all that. Oh no, they can't take that away from me. Across the room, he smiled at her at last. It was a smile that excluded everyone else. It would become her talisman. Harold Brooks and Wynne were married during the Blitz in an East London registry office in September 1940. It was a wartime...